Greetings, everybody. Today, I'm going to bring you a wonderful message that brings into context what it means to pray for the people or the leaders in your country and to have peace when we pray for them. I want to welcome everybody that is watching for the first time as well as our regular viewers. It's wonderful to have you here and to serve you with the gospel of God's grace, the good news of his love for you. I want you to know that you can sit back and relax and that the topic that I'm going to touch on will only be uh, and is built on the foundation of God's grace and not our works. Uh, although I'm going to touch on things that talks ab about what we need to do, I want you to know and that the foundation of this is not the works of the law, but it is the effect of God's kingdom and his rulership on our hearts. The message that I'm going to talk about today will be a message that might be a touchy issue for some folk, but I do believe that it will lead unto great freedom and uh, it will get you to a place where you can just have peace restored back to your heart if it has been the case that you don't have peace about your country, where you don't have peace about maybe your job, your business and those kind of things where, where you're really struggling. The focus of this message is more towards countries and leaders and having wicked leaders and looking at these wicked leaders and praying for them and then having peace in your heart as pertaining to that. The Bible says clearly in 1 Timothy 2 um, verse 2 that we should pray for all people that are in authority and that will be for the purpose that we would leave, lead a quiet and peaceable life. That is it. But the scripture says something more and the more reveals the context. It says you're in all godliness and honesty. So what, um, what Paul is saying here, he says that even a godly life is determined by, or is, you know, godly life in us is determined by what I'm about to teach you about prayer. Now, we all know that godliness is not determined by how good your government is. The best government in the world does not determine how godly you live. As Christians, uh, God didn't come to bring godly governments in order for us to live godly. He, we need the Holy Spirit to live a godly life. So what he's saying basically here is pray for your leaders so that you may live a godly life. So that changes what we used to think about these passages. And I'm going to bring this to you in the context of the New Testament of what Paul was truly saying and, uh, and the, the change that will happen in our hearts as we understand how we pray and how these things work. Okay, uh, <clears throat> I want to start off by reading from Titus 3 verse 1. It says, and this is now Paul teaching and reminding Titus to remind the church of certain things. The context that, let me first bring the context here. The early church lived under the rulership of Rome which was not pro-Christians. They were killing the Christians. Christians were suffering. They were against Christianity. The, when people believed in Jesus, they basically taught and said that Jesus is the king. You know, he is the Lord. Where they 
all the Romans back then didn't want those kind of things. They saw, saw it as standing up against the government of that time because they know that Caesar is king and God. So you couldn't go and say something like that. <clears throat> you know, it was difficult. And the Christians were seen as an enemy to a certain degree, and many of them were killed. You can go and read this. Many Christians were killed. They were persecuted for the gospel. And so the, we're not talking about a leader that like kind of allows Christianity as oh, also good and we tolerate that and try and bring Christian virtues in. Uh, but we're not just we're just not allowing prayer in schools like in South Africa. Or so no, we're talking about people that are evil. Men. And this is now how he teaches on how to live inside the political arena as the church in how to handle leaders that are wicked and evil. And this is what he says. He says, put the church in mind to be subject to principalities and powers and to obey magistrates and to be ready to do good work. Okay, so what he's basically saying is, put the mind to the church that they must be subject to these people. Submit to them. Submit to their rules, man. Obviously not to the point where you reject Jesus Christ. No. Submit and sub be subject to them. That would be uh, in today's day and age that if there are leaders that you don't agree to, agree with, yes, you can say that you don't agree because you might be, uh, let's now use a democracy. You might be in a democracy. You can say, I disagree. If you're in a country where... Whatever is legal uh, and you can stand up and rise up and voice your opinion inside what is legal, do that. Be subject to that. Don't go outside of those bounds. That's basically what he is saying here. He says here, put the mind for them to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates. Man, Obey the magistrate. Obey the magistrate. What that would mean it, it is simple. This is, this is what it is. In South Africa, uh, make it very practical. If they say to you, you know, wear a mask when you go to the, um, to the shopping center, just do it. That's all. Be subject to them. Yeah, but I don't agree because this and that. Yay. The scripture here, and what Paul is saying to Titus is, listen, just, just be subject. Just wear the thing. Th that is all. If you're in a country where you have the freedom in South Africa, if it was more a suggestion to wear it or not, you know, then me personally, I would, I would think I would not wear it in the street where I walk and those kind of things where it is law in South Africa. I would dare not wear it. But then just considering other people's emotions and so forth, as for me as a person, I would wear it. Um, inside a mall or a restaurant or such a kind of thing. And also just for because of the d different opinions that there is in church about it, I would do that. Now, the point that Paul is trying to make here is be subject to these people. Now, you might say that might be difficult. Yes, but I want you to listen to the whole message and listen to the context. You will experience a lot of joy. And the Lord has enlightened me with this and I feel a lot of peace in my life there are people that know me well and th they know the turmoil that I was going through even years ago about things in South Africa and how things are are going and um, you know I was thinking I don't know how I can continue to live in this country I don't know if there's a future and those kind of things but I will tell you I feel a lot of peace now 
the Lord has helped me. And I want to share this with you. He says, and be ready, ready to every good work. So you're going to, he says, you be ready to do good to these people. Be ready. He says, speak evil of no man. Okay, so that means that, that basically means that it is not the good thing to go onto, um, you know, or, or to your friends and especially publicly. I think the context here is a lot of publicly, politically, go and mock people that you disagree with. Don't do that. So speak evil of no man. Be no brawler. Okay, don't use violence in the streets. That's what it's talking about. Be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Now, I want you to know that the, the, the crowd of people that watch my videos are from both sides of the spectrum liberal and also conservative uh there are people that don't even think in those terms you know that are from countries which where there's great oppression where you don't even have that to think of so uh please understand that when i mention these things this goes to many people so what he's basically saying here is that be no brawler so let's use south africa now I've got Christians in South Africa, friends and people that watch the ministry that are for the protests in the streets. And when it becomes violent, they kind of have a understanding, yes, that is going to happen, but the government must start to listen. Listen, Christians, I want to say to you, you, the scripture here says, speak evil of no man and be no brawler. Back then, brawling would have meant that you go and you fight with these people. You are now fighting with the police. You are now protesting and throwing things at them. That is what it would have mean here, getting in fights with the government. The context here is the leaders and rulers. That doesn't belong in the church. It doesn't belong in the church. And don't defend that. Get away from that. Yes, but read the verse. Pray to God. If you are in a place where you don't have peace in your heart anymore, to the point that you find it necessary to become a brawler and to start and speak evil and mock publicly, you are not in the, your heart is not in the place which God has dreamt for you. You're not living in peace. You need, uh, you, you need this message today. It will help you. It says here, but be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. That means showing all meekness and all men uh, unto all men, including the police. Yes, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It says here to speak, to submit to them. To be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, to be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. And he's now in the next verse going to explain how you get that right so that it's not a work of the law. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a work of the law where you say, well, I need to do this. Otherwise, I'm a sinner now. No, he comes and he explains how this works. 
Now, I just want to cover both sides of the spectrum here broader. I've just used the, the example now of, um, you know, don't throw things at the police. The other side is also, the other side of the spectrum, you know, I was on Facebook. This was very funny. I, I one, of, one of the posts came up, one of my friends, and uh, they've got this manure gun, massive manure gun with like an inch and a half, like just, you know, powerful stream of manure going out on a field. And they say, well, this is a very good tool to use to disperse the crowds that do protests. You know, that's what we need to use. That will really work. Now, <laughs> I then had to write there and say, well, I just want to know who's going to clean up afterwards because you're going to have more manure to deal with after you've used that gun than before. So this is true for that. That is also kind of a brawling, trying to use some form of a fighting where you just feel, let me, let me just wipe them. That kind of a feeling. If you walk, walk with that, you need of peace in your heart. You need, you, you need of peace. Now I want to tell you that peace is not on the other side of the police changing or the crowds disappearing. There is a peace that's greater than those things. And it comes from Jesus. And it is brought forth in the heart as what your mind is refocused on the truth. Imagine Jesus saying to Peter, James and John, well, we have now used the power of the Holy Spirit to heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and raise the dead and everything, but that's not working. Come forth with the manure. The time of the manure has come in. Let's disperse these unbelievers and get them in line. It, do, it doesn't fit. I cannot say, see Jesus say that. I cannot see him do that. And then, yes, but, you know, Jesus used the whoop in the temple. The whip in the temple was a type and a shadow of what was to come to the temple, which was the destruction brought by Jerusalem, wherein Jesus was cleansing the temple, saying the temple is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations, including everybody into the temple. And what he's basically was saying to the Jews is, what you think is making this temple unclean, which is the Gentiles, this is also for them. That is, there's a, a big message into, in that, which we as a church don't always understand. One time I will, one day I will preach about that, but there's going to be an hour message explaining that. But I will just want to tell you, if you want to use Jesus taking you up, going into the temple, cleansing out the temple, it is, if you want to use that and apply that to the manure gun, it's out of context. It's out of context. Just say that. I don't have time to explain, but I can just tell you now and warn you now, it's out of context and cannot be used. Okay, Jesus, his disciples said, shall we call fire down from heaven like Elijah did and then destroy these people that don't want you, these disobedient people, these, these people that are foolish and disobedient and all, and, and, and all of that. Now, what did he, what did Jesus say? You don't know of what spirit you're of. You don't know of what, what spirit you are of. For I have not come to destroy man's lives, but to save them. Now, there's a, there's, there's a different thing here. 
Okay, now let's go on. And I'll, I just want you, you to understand if I repeat myself, I'm, I've made this message, I think it's the second or third time. So I can't remember exactly what I said in this message because I've had some issues with the, um, uh, with the sound. So I, I had to remake it. So if I repeat myself here, please forgive me. In verse 3 says, or verse 2 says, speak evil of no man. In other words, you can't go and just publicly go on your uh, Facebook page and as a Christian, go and mock people and say how stupid they are and make a mockery of them and say, speak evil of no man. Don't, don't put them at a place where you, you mock them all the time, but be gentle and showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves, and that explains how it works, for we ourselves were sometimes foolish and disobedient, deceived, serving different lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. But after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior towards us appeared, not by our good works. So he was kind to us, not because we did good works. He says, we were then basically saved and justified by his grace and given eternal life. If you read up to verse 7. So what he's saying here is, listen, these leaders that you are now having a problem with, they might be foolish, they might be disobedient, they might be serving different lusts and pleasures, they might be living in malice and envy, and they might be hateful and hating uh, even each other. These leaders, driven by all kinds of lusts, as you were. So when you think of them, don't speak evil of them. Evil speaking would simply mean, you know, well, you, you want to see their destruction. They are not the kind that can be saved. I'm now making the judgment. They cannot be saved. They are evil in themselves. They are not just deceived. They are not under the power of lust and stuff that they cannot control by their own will power and so forth. And they are not as much uh, slaves of sin is what I was I forget them as being enslaved to something I don't see them anymore as a victim of what happened to the deception that came in Adam and Eve I don't see them as human anymore they're just evil and just bad he says no and this helps us what he's saying is listen I wanted to be gentle to all those people because this is how it worked for you when you were like them, God in his kindness without you doing good works came to you and now you have the hope of eternal life. Now you, with that in mind, towards them can be kind and good and it can lead unto their life being saved. <laughs> that is what he is saying here. Now the same is used now in Timothy, but he now uses it as prayer. It says here, and I, I want to just use it like this quickly, just for, for Americans, I end off with this. You find people mocking Donald Trump. You know, what a stupid idiot he is and all those kind of things. And you are Christian. And you're doing that on your page. I don't even want to say stop that. I want to say there's nothing wrong with you as a person. The only thing that has happened to you is, 
as a Christian, your heart started to get caught up in finding your identity and thinking that your peace derives from these people. And your focus has not been on Jesus anymore. In the very same way, mocking Pelosi and mocking Biden and all those kind of things on your page. I want to just say, if you want to do that, I just want to say I'm of the opinion that going now and speaking evil of those people and not being gentle is just a sign that you're not having peace in your heart anymore and a refocus needs to take place where you just focus on the love of God because it's not inside there's a turmoil and anger to the point that you're willing to go to these actions which you can be free from, free from your own works. Having a much higher quality of life, a life that is born from God. That is what, 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 it, what this is about. And I'm preaching this in love for the church. And I want you to know this. Going, speaking evil, becoming not gentle, not showing meekness and kindness to all men. That is, if, if you're living there, you're not living in peace. You're not living in peace and you have forgotten that you were just the same and you have forgotten that you in yourself without the mercy of God, it is simply just looking at those people but for the grace of God, there you go. That's you there, right there. And that is what he's saying. He says, but when we have that in mind, when we start to have that in mind and how we were saved by the kindness of God, it that refocusing on how we got saved will immediately bring you to a place and say, well, the true enemy is not these people. And they, God also wants them to be saved. And it will just bring a bit of a rest to you where your mind's in focus on the kingdom. And now I'm still going to get to that. Now, 1 Timothy 2.1. I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, supplications and prayers and intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. Now the context, uh, I'm talking about the historic context, in the setting of the church there includes Titus here. These are now prayers for kings and for all that are in authority and these kings and people that are in authority are then these people who are uh, foolish and disobedient and deceived and serving different lusts and malice and envy and hateful. So what he's basically saying, I exhort that supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, all men, and now he says all men because we, we quickly would have prayer groups for certain men, but not all men. I'm sorry, you know, I... I know this this is correcting, but please hear this message and prayerfully consider what I'm saying. For kings and for all that are in authority, what did he say in in um, here? He says for we need a we we need a to submit to who to powers and to obey magistrate to be ready to do every good work. So he talks about all these authorities, not just some all that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For it is good that you have supplications made for these evil people, prayers and intercessions and the giving of thanks. Mm. 
Okay, so that means that if you are an anti-Cyril Ramaphosa person, to come to a place where you can look at his life to the point that you can give God thanks. Looking at uh, Biden and give thanks to God. Not fake thanks, true thanks. Now that would have to get you to the place where you look at Jesus and his kingdom and, you know, thanks for all people. Father God, thank you that you, that Joe Biden was born and thank you, Lord, for your love for him. I want to thank you, Lord, that your kingdom can be expressed in him. Thank you, Lord, that he has been made in your image and in your righteousness. And thank you, Lord, that Donald Trump is also a person whom you've loved from before the world began, whom you have dreamt. Now, in order to pray that prayer with a true heart, you have to go back and refocus on the kingdom of God and get your mind of all the things that is troubling you. Get your mind focused, Jesus, because you're not going to pray that prayer with a sincere heart unless the revelation of the mercy and the grace of God gives birth to life wherein you can behold the value of humans and what the kingdom of God is truly about. Okay, I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, supplication. Supplication means uh, it, it is a a part of a prayer wherein you wish for no evil to happen to that person. That would be, that would sound like this. Father, I just want to pray for uh, Joe Biden. I thank you, Lord, that nothing evil happens to him. I thank you, Lord, that you protect his life. I thank you, Lord, that the evil of, of, of thinking law-based mindset, that that is also not for him. That, that Thank you, Lord, that the gospel gets to him. And thank you, Lord, that I can pray for Donald Trump, that I'm, I make supplication for him. I thank you, Lord, that, that, that no evil comes his way. Thank you for the valuable person whom you have dreamt and whom you uh, find as a person that you were willing to die for. Okay, supplicate. No evil. I want no evil for that person. I don't want him to be mocked. I don't want him to be scorched. I don't want him any of those things. I don't want any harm to come his way. That is, that is what he's talking about here. And this is an intercession and giving of thanks to be made for all people. That's what he's saying. Prayers. Prayer means that, that, that's, that's a part of a prayer where you are wishing the positive over that person. Good health, all those things, an understanding of the gospel, a life being born from God as yours is. Giving of thanks be made for all men. That intercessions include not just praying for somebody, but intercessions also talk about doing something. Jesus is an intercessor for us right now. And he's not praying to the Father. His very being is making intercession, saying to the Father that the fullness of what is in me is still outstanding in some people's lives. And I am saying that whatsoever I need to do to see that fullness come to them, I will do. Okay? Now, for for the Christians in South Africa, we can put Malema on the one side and we can put our president on the other side and whatever political leader you want to put in there, you can put it in there. 
And this is how this works. Now, how will we ever get it right to pray like that? It says here, and I'm going to teach how we get it right. Pray for kings and all that are in authority. And the reason why, if we can live this way, that we will lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So we, while having an evil leader, you can have peace. We have understood the scripture as we're going to pray for our leaders so that what we think politically must take place will take place and then we will have a peaceable life in this country because we will financially prosper. We're not going to have anybody that is doing anything wrong. We're going to have police that sorts out all the evil people and we're going to have all of that and then we're going to have a peaceable life. And our peaceable life has been described inside our culture. But what he talks about a peaceable life here is a life that is born from God and not born from these people and what they do. And we will be godly. The godliness that he's talking about, you can take it back to Titus, where we are not getting so worked up that we start to do ungodly things like mocking people. Like mocking people all the time. Speak, saying things that you would not normally say. Uh, where you would look at people that mock others and just uh, say how stupid people are, how foolish people are, and all those kind of things. Doesn't matter what side of the political uh, uh, fence you stand on. Uh, you know, where you would say, that's not actually good. Where you would look at a, if you would go to a meeting at a school and you find one of the kids always mocking the other one, saying how stupid he is, you would say, man, that kid, kid has got issues and maybe things at home is not really that well and we need to see how we can help him. Now you start to live a life like that, but as a grown-up, because you are getting so upset and so worked up, because and, and you, you become a brawler, you are now willing to throw stones and become violent and whatever, or either throw the stones at the police or take out the manure gun. One of the two. Or if it could have been that you call fire down from heaven, then we do it that way. The one person says we don't have the authority to call down the fire down from heaven, so we'll use the manure gun. So, I mean, I mean, we've, we've got, and listen, that is a sign that you've lost the peace in your heart. You need to get back to that. So what he's saying is, is that there's a certain thing, which I'm still going to get to, as we get to that, the Lord's Prayer and how that works and refocusing on the kingdom of God, we'll get to a place where we speak well of people, where we speak good of people. It would have been beautiful for Christians you know, to, to, to speak well of all people. I'm not saying be softies. Do your voting, do whatever you need to do, but not to cross the boundary where we're not gentle anymore, where we're not showing meekness to people anymore, but where we become kind of violent in a certain way, you know, where we, um, which is not needed, and where we start to speak evil of people, forgetting that we are actually in the same boat, but for Jesus, there go I. That is what he's saying. Okay, so he says here, um, this prayer is good and acceptable in the sight of God and our Savior. For he will to have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. So you can see how these two verses just fit like a hand in a glove. Titus and the prayer. Titus says, you know, simply not to be a brawler and gentle and all those kind of things. And then the same thing is used here. And he says, Prayer 
How will we pray for these people? What is this prayer? How does it work? We go back to Matthew 6, 9. And this is how I pray. When I look at our leaders in our country and I look at corruption and I look at all these things, because I won't tell you, man, there's corruption in South Africa. The way I pray is this way. I start with the Lord's Prayer, and this is how I do it. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I just say, Father, I just want to come to you and just say that you are my Father. And no more does any person have a right to be the Father to my emotions or any of these things, for you are my Father. My life is born from you. I am under the jurisdiction of heaven. Jesus is my Lord, and you are our Father. You are my Father as well as the father of these other people. And I thank you, Lord, for the goodness that you have to me. And hallowed be your name. Your, your, your name is holy. You are the self-existing one. From you, all source of life flows. You give life and breath to me. You are the source of my life. And as I pray that, I immediately start to feel my focus move away from defining my future in the light of what happens in the um, in in our country and in these things unto the source of all life and i start to feel a bit of peace and as i find a bit of this peace i start to find that my mind just start to go a little bit more away from the works of these people that does these evil things and I start to realize that he is my father, I'm okay. And the moment I start to feel okay, I find that I'm not trying to fight to change another person to be okay. That is how it works. So it is simply just a refocusing on the kingdom of God. That's all it is. And that's why I've been hammering this all the time. And I try to say it in a way where it is maybe a bit shocking, but I say, Jesus is my president. He is my Lord. Because every time I say Jesus is my president and I need no other, just as I say that, my mind is refocused, my heart is refocused on what God says. Your kingdom come. Oh, oh yeah, Lord, your kingdom. It's about your kingdom. It's about you. Your kingdom is coming in this world. And I am not of this world, but I'm in this world. But I am under the jurisdiction of your kingdom. And your kingdom is coming in this world. And your will is being done in this world. And I am welcoming your kingdom. Because only under your kingdom and your will, which is a life born from the resurrected Jesus, can we ever have peace. Thank you for this. I'm standing under the jurisdiction of your kingdom. And I say today, give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread is Jesus. His body was broken and given unto us. And I today say, Father, you are my father. As pertaining to these politics and these leaders, you are my father. They're not the father to my life. These political systems are not the father to my life. My Let's make it into business. My boss and what he does. And oh, that's not the source of my life. Thank you, Lord, that, 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 that you are my father and that you care for me. Thank you that your kingdom, your way of doing comes into this world and your will be done. And I want to say it be done in me. Your kingdom be done in me. I receive my daily bread. I daily eat of the body of Jesus and I drink his blood, thinking and pondering upon the fact that I am having the source of my life from him and not my works.
That's how it works. And for in now the prayer, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. So that is the part where it basically comes in and we are saying, Father, all people are equal before you. All of us are by our own works just sinners. I just want to say that these people that are 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 uh evil leaders and all those kind of things. Yes, just as what they are bound by, now that I'm already that I'm saved, as with, as what they are bound by these evil lusts and desires or whatever, so was I. And I just want to say, I separate them from what they do. They are humans for whom you have died. And they are doing all these things because they are under the power of the enemy. That is, that is who they, who they are. And I want to just say, Father, I separate the, the, them from that just as what you have separated me from my own works and, 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 I would pray this, this, this is how I practically do that. And I would say, Lord, as I was foolish and disobedient and hateful and all those kind of things, but your kindness appeared unto me. I thank you, Lord, that that is how I am now towards them as well, because of what you have done for me. And thank you that you delivered me in the very same way as what they shall be delivered. In the true context, I've preached on the Lord's Prayer. I'm not going to explain that now, but that is just how I would apply that into everyday life. And it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What does that mean? Father, I want to just say that in this time where these leaders, and this is what we need to pray as the church, as we see these leaders and this turmoil going on, thank you that you lead us not into temptation. What is temptation? And deliverance from evil. Temptation means to go back to the law. To look at these people inside the parameters of only laws and rules and regulations. This is right. They've done this right. Whatever. They, they've done that wrong. And this give us a right to praise them. That give us a right to mock them. And all those kind of things. You've been tempted with evil, man. You've been tempted with a law again. Thinking that by the works of the law and doing these right things and just getting this in and that out, we're going to make things work. Father, please deliver us from evil thank you that you lead us not into temptation we just saying lord we just declare now you know when i say father lead me not into temptation i'm saying that jesus is basically saying that the father will not lead me into temptation that his kingdom is anti and against the whole thing of getting back into the works righteousness where we look at all people from the perspective of the law as we start to think of this, and we are saying here, um, you know, for unto, uh, uh, and lead us to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And amen. We are only calling on you, God. We cannot be delivered by any of these systems. Thank you for delivering us from evil, which would mean to think that our future rests in these things, these political things and turmoils and all of that. Our future is in you. Deliver us, Lord, from ever thinking law-minded about these things but staying in your grace staying in jesus as the one that is the author and the finisher of our faith you started this good work and you will complete in us and we shall end up in holy glorification bodily in this earth by the work of god as we just start to think along these lines we find that this scripture becomes true that it says um verse two here that we will lead a quiet and peaceable life. You're not going to fight. You're going to be quiet and peaceable. 
And you're going to find the parameters of your country, wherever you are in, and whatever you can stand up according to the systems of that country, you will raise your protest and say, I'm against this, be it a form that you sign, be it a, a, a court case that you sponsor, or whatever that would be. You know, you feel you want to do, you will do that. But you're not going to throw stuff at the police. You're not going to take out the manure gun and mock people. You know, you're not going to do that anymore. You're going to start to have a quiet and peaceable life. The true context of this is that you as a church are going to be quiet and peaceable as the church and not actively involved in fightings all day. Remember back then that was fighting on the streets. They didn't have WhatsApp. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have these things. They didn't, couldn't write letters every day. Papyrus were too expensive. It was an in the street fighting and turmoil all the time. He says you will all of a sudden have a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You will be saved from starting to do ungodly things, man. Mocking and throwing stones and all those kind of things. And then as a church, defending evil things which you're not supposed to do where they're supposed to be the church in these times feeding the poor helping people being generous and kind and living as if we are people that have a hope greater than the systems of this world well i've basically said what i wanted to say and I want to just say that I live a much, much more peaceable life in myself. I just see this has blessed me where I just come and say, Oh, Lord, I remember what I've done when I was lost. I remember when I, when I didn't believe in you. I remember the bad things that I have done. I remember how I drove my car when I was not saved. I remember the things, things that, that I've done that, that is shame. It's shameful even to mention those things, man. And back then, what brought salvation to me was somebody kindly came to me, didn't look at my works, didn't mock and ridicule me, but preached unto me that I am accepted in Jesus. Preached unto me that I can have a life of victory in Jesus. And Jesus was also working in my heart and I could accept the Lord and be saved. And I find the kingdom of God made me new. And the way I became new, it's the only way anybody else can become new, is by the power of the resurrection and nothing else. We are part of a greater kingdom, church. We are part of a greater kingdom. I The other day, I think I mentioned my previous message, but I want to say it again. I, I listened to uh, a preacher that has got a great influence in the world and he preaches the gospel of grace you know and he said he said well if donald trump doesn't come in i don't know how we basically going to have a future i see no way forward now i hear what he's saying but i also feel that there are other people that are saying if donald trump is elected then we see no way forward if that is what you feel honestly in your heart, the time for a renewed mind has come or to walk according to the renew, renewed mindset that God has brought in thinking that Jesus is truly Lord. We are under his rule and jurisdiction and that is from where we can have peace 
and let that first happen in your life. And once that has first happened in your life, because you might have a question, how do we deal with these things? I would say how we would deal with these difficult things will take place and you will know what to do for you for today once this peace is settled in. Let this peace, the Bible says, let the peace of God govern your heart and your mind. So let this peace govern what we do. What you might do today might be different to what I will do today in my country and where I am, but it will be born from a life governed by the peace of God, where we peaceably live in this world. So maybe when you pray, your leader will never change. But you will start to have peace because you would focus on Jesus, wherein he is now your Messiah, and you are not tempted to think that these leaders are your Messiah and that peace is in the hands of them. So, yeah, I just want to thank you that you have watched this. I trust that this will bless you and that it will bring absolute peace to your heart. And just a bit of a turning back to who your true Lord is. Amen.